Welcome once again. I'm getting confused looks from my people upstairs. You guys, are we on? Okay. <laughs> I want to know before I get into it. Um, we're continuing on in our study of the New Testament, which we've been doing a chapter at a time um, for a couple of years now. And uh, we are about to finish up the book of Luke. We'll be in Luke chapter 24 today. And then, uh, then we're going to start the book of Acts and... Uh, and that'll be, we're probably going to get a clean start in the first of the year. So we've got some other stuff to do next week. And then I'm going to do an overview of the book of Acts at the end of the year. And then we'll get into it big time in the beginning of the year. So um, that's all coming up. And we'll have at that point done all four Gospels. Because we've already done Matthew, Mark, and John. We waited for Luke so that uh, we could get back and do Luke and Acts together. And uh, I think it's a good thing. It, obviously, it flows together very well because they were both written by Luke. And uh, you guys know that now. And they were written to, who were they written to? Theophilus, which means lover of God. Good. And that the, uh, the book has more of a, a Gentile feel than the other Gospels. And, and uh, that the, sort of the main point through Luke and through Acts is how to get saved. And what that looks like and what it's all about. It's one of the recurring themes. And that, um, you know, we've... we've um, spent this last pretty much six months working through Luke together, and we've, we've seen how Jesus started his ministry. We've seen the, the highlights. We've seen um, now, over the last couple of weeks, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, we handed into that difficult period leading up to the crucifixion and what that looks like. And that's where we left it at the end of 23 last week was, uh, it was just after the crucifixion. And they had... Uh, uh, wrapped Jesus up in a linen and put him in a tomb and uh, a stone was rolled in front of the tomb and the Sabbath was upon them and so they couldn't do anything else and so they left. And I, you know, I said last week when we finished up that uh, I, I wonder what they were thinking about. And, and uh, even though Jesus had time and again, as we've seen, tried to prepare them for what was coming, telling them these, this was going to take place, that they just weren't ready for it. And that the, the, the overriding paradigm that they were living under was that when Messiah came, he was going to reestablish the kingdom of Israel uh, to its prominence of the time of David and Solomon. And that's what they were waiting for. After years of being oppressed by the Romans, they were looking for this, um, this change. Uh, and they had sort of taken it to be this political change. And they were... They were constantly waiting, and, and here, here Jesus arrives on the scene, and they, they get it quickly that this is the Messiah they've been waiting for, and they, they have all these miracles that they've seen, and, and the, the power of God that runs through them, even over nature. And so they're convinced that he's going to take over and set everything right. And, and so even though he's telling them that that's not how it's going to be, they don't hear it. And I think maybe we can relate to that. Sometimes we get so fixed on something that the way we want it to be, we don't, it's hard for us to hear the reality of the situation. We just don't take it in. And, and so he had, he had more than prepared them for this event, and yet they, they weren't prepared at all because they just refused to listen. And so they, they have to leave. They, you know, they'd scattered um, at the arrest, but... You know, they, 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 we know that they were back together again. They were, they were trying to figure it out. And yet, I, I just can't imagine what they were 
what they were going through, how they were, uh, how they must have felt, you know, after three years. Can you imagine after three years of being with Jesus every day, of, of him basically taking care of them for three years? Uh, they had, uh, you know, uh, this very close relationship of, of, of rabbi and, and disciple, and, and he had been such a part of their lives every day for years, and now he's gone, and they don't get it. And, and I, I'm sure they just can't put it together in their minds, trying to put it together. He, you know, he could do all the things that we saw. Was it, was it real? What happened? We don't get it. it just, how could this be? How could, how could he be dead? And, and so they're left with that you know, for the, the, the couple of days there. And then we move into Luke 24. So, so Luke 23, we leave it, and it's Friday, and it's a mess. But in Luke 24, it's Sunday. Things are about to change. And so that's the good stuff. So let's look at Luke um, chapter 24. I'm going to read it to you. And then we'll discuss it for a few minutes together. And uh, we'll talk about it from there. 53 verses in Luke 24. I'm reading from the NIV. Uh, If you have your own translation, that's great. You can follow along in that. There's Bibles on the rows if you want to pick up a Bible and read it. Or it's, uh, it's actually in the bulletin. You can get it from there. All right. On the first day of the week... Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. See, he told them, just never made sense. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like to them like nonsense. Now, that may not seem fair, but, but get it. It's, it's not like this is a common event. This is, they, they can't fathom what's happening. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. And bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, uh, Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb 
and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. That had to be quite a Bible study, guys. That would be a good one. I hope that's a replay when we get to heaven. I'd like to hear that one. That would be cool. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further, farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's almost, it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open. They'd just been through that just a few days before, remember, at the table. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, He showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Don't you love that question? (laughs) I've had a rough three days. You guys got a burger or something? (laughs) Actually, he was looking for a fish sandwich, because that's what he always went after. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And when he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, to the vicinity of Bethany, pardon me, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him, And returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So, pretty cool chapter. Especially after where we left it last week. At the end of chapter 23. But as the angels proclaimed, he is not here. He is risen. And so we're, I know it's Christmas time. We should be really in Luke 2. But we're through in Luke 24. And so it's. More like Easter, but it's all good. So, um, these, these events take place. And, and, uh, and so, the, like I said, they, they went through the Sabbath, and, and by Sabbath law, they couldn't do anything with Jesus' body. They had to wait. And so they went that uh, morning, the next 
Sunday morning, as we know now, to, to the body to, with spices, some of the women did, to prepare it properly because they had done a quick job at the, uh, when he had died. And so when they get there, though, and this is in the first 11 verses, uh, when they get there, the stone's been rolled away, and there's, there's no body in the tomb. And that's when these two men, it, it appears, uh, they were angels, show up in Scripture, and they, they say that amazing statement, why do you look for the living among the dead? And obviously, the, the women were taken back, as everybody is, when, uh, scripturally, when an angel appears. And almost in every instance, when angels appear, their very first words are, do not be afraid. Because that is your very first reaction. When an angel appears, almost everybody hits the ground face first. Boom! <laughs> Just read through and you'll see it. So, uh, and so, almost always they say, do not be afraid. In this case, their statement is, why do you look for the living? Among the dead, he is not here, he is risen. And so the, the women go back to the 11 and, and some others who have congregated again. They've, like, I, I, I'm sure they're all lost. They've, you know, they've been scattered, the, this whole event's happened, and they, they're back together for comfort. It's all they know is, is getting back together. And so they're, they're back together, and, and they don't understand what the women are telling them. And, and so they, they and, and I get it, because they don't have a paradigm for it. They, 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 they don't get it. Peter, however, you know, Peter suspects, and he heads out there himself. And he checks things out uh, at the tomb, and he sees the linens laying there, and Jesus is in there, and it says, he, it says that he, uh, he goes away wondering what's happened. And I'm pretty sure he gets it. Uh, and yet, Peter's got this, dilemma because if it's true and then he's been the great denier and what's he going to do now you know what I mean he he at the end there he he really blew it we all do but but he's got no I don't think he's got any way to put it together uh, of what happened and and uh, I love that when we we look in John at the same account that that Jesus specifically goes to Peter and reinstates him three times because he's concerned for Peter. But at this moment, Peter is, I think, just, even if it's true, and he's like, but what, what, what happens now? What do I do now? I've denied him three times. There's no coming back. So, so this, this is going on. Then, in, in, in uh, verses 13 through um, 35, the two of the disciples are on their way to Emmaus, which is about a seven-mile journey, when they're suddenly joined by a man who is Jesus, but they don't recognize him at first, who um, asked them, you know, what's going on? And uh, they were like, what, are you a visitor? You don't know what's going on? And they begin to give him a little bit about Jesus. I, I kind of like, I don't like, but I think it's interesting. These guys, they were the ones who knew Jesus was. He, and their answer before, through Peter, had been, he was the Christ, the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for. Now, all of a sudden, because they're not sure of their paradigm, it's gone to, well, he was a great prophet. See what they're back to? And, and we thought he was the one. But now we, we don't know what to think anymore. And now we got this, this story that the, the, the women have told us that his body's gone and they just don't know what to think. And so Jesus starts to preach to them. And like I said, I, I would love to hear that conversation along the road. And, and 
because he, he tells them all the scriptures about himself. There's a lot of them. And how he fulfills them. And, and then they, it gets late, and they, they finally get back to, the, the, to Emmaus. They get to the village, and they say, well, listen, come in and, and stay with us. And he, he says, okay, and he goes in, and they have bread, and he breaks it. And, and I, I know that they just immediately, they pick up on the Last Supper they've just been to, and their eyes are open, and they see Jesus. And then he's not there. And so these guys hot-footed back to Jerusalem, seven miles. I bet they ran. That's my guess. And, and uh, I don't know that to be true. That's a Steveism. Please don't quote me on that, okay? So off he goes. Off they go back to Jerusalem. And then they, they get there, verse 36, and they're, they're, they start to tell them the story of, of what just happened on the road, saying, we've seen him. It's true. What the women have said is true. And then Jesus appears in their midst. I like that. Just shows up right there. He disappeared a little while ago and he shows up right there. Now, I want to talk about that just for a minute because Jesus, he says right away, peace be with you guys. Okay, it's all right. Don't, don't be frightened because it was because of the way he showed up. And, and he says, because they think he's a ghost and he says, I'm not a ghost. And I, I, I want to talk about what happens, what I think happens in, in Jesus' resurrected body because I, I think it's what happens to all of us. So apparently now, he can sort of just walk right through the walls. And, and that's pretty cool stuff. Um, and I'd like to demonstrate that for you. No. And uh, <laughs> that would get your attention. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> that would get a crowd on Wednesday night. Watch this. <laughs> okay. So... Here's, here's what's happened. And maybe you've heard me talk about this before, but I think it's interesting. Because um, I think sometimes when we think of the spiritual world, we think of a less real world. Because we have these concepts of like ghosts and things that look like Casper. To, most of you, when you talk about that, the, I mean, that's what you're, you're if, well, if you were around my age, I don't know besides that, but Casper was this sort of... This, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was a friendly ghost, but he... he, he you know, it's like misty, kind of surreal, less real sort of situation. And I think when we talk about spiritual things, we often think in those terms. And what you need to understand is that it's not less real, it's more real. And so, um, when, so what happens is that, that Jesus in his resurrected body is now more real than, than what we're used to. And so um, it's, it's kind of like this. Have you ever seen a thick wall of fog? Have you ever been somewhere that's famous for its fog? And you literally come up to a place and it looks like a wall of fog. And I mean, to your, to your eye senses, it looks like a solid wall. And yet when you, when you get up to it, you move right through it because you're more real than the fog. Do you get it? So the, okay. I believe that, that Jesus now in his resurrected body is just more real than the walls. So it's not like he's less real like a ghost. He's more real, so when he hits a wall, he just goes right through it because he's more real than the wall is. See, the, the spirit world is more real than this real, not less real. And I think a lot of times we've got to do a little paradigm shift in our thinking because I think we often think Casper the friendly ghost things. 
and, and it's not. The, the, the spiritual dynamic is more real than this dynamic, not less real. And so just something for you to consider. But, but that's why Jesus can now just not be there and be some, you know, somewhere else. He's more real than everything that he's in contact with. And so it's, uh, I think it's a pretty interesting thought for you to sort of uh, think about. And, and he shows them his hands and his feet, and they're still trying to get it. And then he, he, he sort of opens their minds, and they're finally able to put it together. Finally, after all this time, after all these discussions, after all this stuff, although, you know what, I'm gonna, there's, this, there's this crazy thing that happens in Acts. I love this, and, and uh, I'm going to skip. I want to go find it while I'm talking to you, and, and now that I'm saying it, I hope I can find it. But, but the disciples say something in the beginning of the book of Acts that I think is the greatest thing ever. So they've been through all this stuff, and he's finally told them, I have to do these things, and all this stuff has to happen, and now he says, listen, you need to go and wait, and, uh, and, and we're going to get to it uh, in, in everything in a minute. And they say in verse 6 in, in the, of chapter 1 in verse of the book of Acts. I love this question. This is what they ask him when he finally, when he shows back up and they're getting together. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They can't let it go. They, <laughs> that paradigm is so hard that they're like, now? Because you, you know they're still waiting for the big ruling seats and he's got to go. My, my thing is always, he goes, hoy vey, but that's a whole other thing. I just think he wants to go, seriously? When he says, it's not for you to know the times or the date. All right, but I digress. So, um, so he, they finally get it. That, okay, well now, now it sort of makes sense because he told us this is what had to happen, and now it's happened, and here he is. And then he says, listen, it's, I, there's some, we're not done yet, and I, I want you to hang out together and don't leave the city until the, the, the gift that I told you was coming from the Father comes and you're clothed with power from on high. Don't, don't leave here until the Holy Spirit comes and then you're, you're going to go and you're going to preach and you're going to do all the things I taught you to do under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and, and you're going to go and tell people there's a way and, and the ministry is going to continue on in you and, and then he ascends into heaven for that to happen. And, and so... Uh, Luke ends with this promise of power from on high, and, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit who's going to come and, and equip these guys for the life that God has called them to, just as he does today. He comes and he equips us for the life that God has for us and, and to ultimately be able to you know, live life by doing the next right thing and, and looking for him. And, and that's sort of the, the end of the book of Luke is, is this tremendous promise, and everybody's waiting for... The Holy Spirit to come, and and uh, and that's where we sort of leave it. It's this very exciting time, and as we move into the Book of Acts, we'll see how the church is then formed out of this, you know, pretty crazy group uh, of folks that uh, are left to be the the beginning and the basis of of the plan of redemption. And it's pretty fascinating to see what happens. But that's what we're up to. That's the end of the Book of Luke. And uh, we're going to shut it down for today right there. If you're watching by video, thank you for watching. And uh, if you need anything, you can call us or, or uh, write us, and we'll do whatever we can to help you with that. But we're going to finish with prayer here tonight. So if you guys have your prayer requests, 